0: My podcast output is going to be extensive. Sounds like he's really going to be putting out, Matt.
1: <laughs> Extensively.
0: He's the most popular girl at the
2: ball, except for <laughs> Joe Buck, who is rich.
1: Yes, <laughs> and has great hair.
2: Matt, it's the Bill Simmons Podcast podcast. I'm Chris. And I'm Matt. Sad, Bill. Sad. Only two podcast episodes two weeks ago. Although really, he has been putting out a pretty fair amount of non-Bill Simmons podcast podcasts.
1: Well, he's been doing this redraftable thing, and he's doing it on, like, across platforms.
2: The first one was two hours, 36 minutes, and 48 seconds. That was the Rusillo Sunday conversation. Then the only other podcast was the smarmy Joe Buck. And then Alan Yang, who sounds almost exactly the same in every single way as Aziz Ansari. That yeah, was except he did 57 minutes and 50 man don't interrupt i'm trying to tell you how long that one podcast that i'm criticizing was uh it was one hour 57 minutes and 59 seconds okay go ahead man
1: i think the joke was that alan yang hasn't been accused of like a weak-ass sexual assault
2: it's the bill simmons podcast
0: podcast (laughs) here we go (laughs) this is a good podcast
2: Matt, we've always wondered at one minute and six seconds into the first podcast of a week and a half ago, who the audience for The Ringer
0: is. Bill confirms it here. Where we still continue to crank out all kinds of content for
1: us. 30 years from now, when Bill is interviewed on his deathbed, he'll be like, I made things I wanted to listen to, and if other people liked them, you know, so be it. Very platitude He's only going to be 80 in 30 years, Matt. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's true.
2: But at least he's dying in a bed, as opposed yeah. to at the bottom <laughs> of a cliff. <laughs> <laughs> At 129, Matt, CH or H's?
0: We also have a whole bunch.
1: Oh, no, there was a. Are you keeping <laughs> score of these? No. Oh, I've
2: just assumed you always have been. What's What's the HH? Oh, yeah, the, the score is uh, <laughs> always CH. <laughs> at 224, this ad botch.
0: You can go to wck.org/slash chefs for America.
2: A lot of S's in chefs, especially at the beginning, <laughs> which is an atypical spelling. Pearl Jam at 342. Matt, I would now like to present to you. Bill's take on Modern American Marriage, where it appears
0: the person he got engaged to was his wife. I'm the kind of guy, if I have a present, I just want to give it to somebody. Like, it was the same thing when I got engaged. I was supposed to get engaged with my wife.
1: Yes.
2: So while Bill's talking about a present, here's what he
0: explains his present to us. The podcast listening audience is at 431. This is a present. We are redrafting every single NBA draft. From 96 on. Who's the famous Greek guy that had to push the uh, boulder up the hill?
1: Sisyphus. <laughs> uh, caught yeah. a bad
2: case of Sisyphus in uh, <laughs> ancient literature in college. That guy was dirty. At 9.59, a very technical move here. We'll see what the judges give it. This is a swallow into a Joe Bluth nominee.
0: I think if you watched a Fab Five documentary that we did for, uh, it was not really a 30 for 30. It was for ESPN at eleven forty-two, every time I've heard this, it seems wrong. People being really dismissive and untrustworthy of talented guys coming in too young. So can you be untrustworthy of talented guys? I don't think that's
2: how the adjective no. untrustworthy works. And I looked <laughs> it up: untrustworthy, not dependable or worthy of confidence. So these people are being not dependable or worthy of confidence of guys. I think it's wrong.
1: <laughs> it's wrong.
2: At sixteen thirteen. Which stuff does he mean? He could have gone on that Celtics team with all that stuff. So anyway. This is Bill Simmons explaining how great Ralph Sampson would have been for the Boston Celtics in the mid-80s. But he never explains what all the stuff he would have brought to the Celtics was.
0: Just unbelievable. His knees started going on in him in the mid-80s. But if you think about it, he spends three more years in Virginia and then ends up on Houston. That's a lost year. team shows up. By the time he, you know, it's five years later before he's on a decent team.
2: What stuff? Knee injuries? <laughs> Playing in Virginia? What's the antecedent to all that stuff here? Bad talking. At 1838, all I can say is, per bill, we know someone
0: overruled someone. Calipari, I think, overruled whoever else or vice versa. I can't remember the story.
1: <laughs> so whoever that guy is, he might have been overruled or he might have done the overruling. Cal was involved
2: and <laughs> there was an overruling. At 1932, this laughter. So <laughs> I think if you were to try to uh, to transcribe it, it would be, He? so He? He? At 2246, this Joe Bluth nominee.
0: You know, the old guy. He he was in the war room out of...
2: Remember how I talked earlier, how this whole redraft thing was giving me a sense of deja vu? Listen to
0: what Bill says at 2457. In 2014, I wrote a whole piece. I redrafted every draft for 20 years for Grantland. So this is a rerun of his own idea? (laughs)
1: Just yeah, by talking he, instead of writing? Chris, haven't you heard of his uh, podcast where he didn't want to write another book, so he just did a bunch of podcasts? It
2: does sound familiar. Or the uh, <laughs> the fact that his micro-podcast idea uh, was stolen from someone else? Yes. <laughs> He's a great idea recycler. What he does is he hears an idea that he likes, whether it comes from him or someone else, and then he turns it into a podcast.
1: I like that you've called that recycling. <laughs> it's the nice way. <laughs>
2: What would you call that,
1: Matt? <laughs> Trademark infringement. <laughs> At
2: 2930, this was a weird podcast for Bill's respiration. I heard this a bunch of times. Listen closely to what he is doing in the background as Rusillo monologues. Like they would do 10 rounds and Red Arbach would take... <laughs> did you hear him? He's just back there breathing into the microphone.
1: It sounds like he's got one of those like uh, respirator things. Possibly he's Darth Vader.
2: <laughs> do you think maybe he's just vaping? Now that cousin
1: Kyle is not there <laughs> to uh no, he's, frown at him. No, he frowns at cousin Kyle. For oh, you think, that, yeah, <laughs> you, think like, you think that cousin Kyle will call him a hypocrite if he's all it? I think to put
2: it in Bill's words, he is possibly plowing through cigarettes. <laughs> now, Matt at thirty one forty two, this is the first time I noticed Bill's odd use of numbers from this redraftable project. But then picks up the
0: number thirteenth
2: pick as well. Seems like he could have said the number thirteen
1: pick Yes, or the, or 13th the 13th pick or the thirteenth pick. Right. Yeah. Why does he say the
2: number 13th pick? Number 13th pick.
1: Kevin, okay, you ever heard of the number 13th?
2: <laughs> Did you say Cavant? That's my nickname around here. Chris Cavant. <laughs> okay. By the way, I would not probably have spent so much time on this if it didn't continually come up. Listen here at thirty-two, thirty-four, The number 23rd pick. And he's never called out on
1: this stuff. Like his producer, nope.
2: who is theoretically listening, or Rusillo, and they're just like, yeah, yeah, it was the number
1: 23rd. Rusillo's busy. He's got to build that gym in his Manhattan Beach apartment.
2: Now it's not like Bill does not know how to do it. Listen to this at thirty-three twenty one. They also traded the number twelve pick. That's right. Oh. He Wait, would that it would have
1: sounded weird if he said the number twelve pick. <laughs>
2: well Matt, they all sound weird because they're wrong. <laughs> but so you're right. I agree with you. It's just inconsistent uh-huh. with his approach. At thirty three forty one, wrong again. The Pistons traded the number 18th pick. You think at some point Matt somebody actually got to him and said, "This is three or four times you have said number," and then said whatever this is, the ordinal or something. I'm not sure. I'm not a math guy. And then now he ordinal is
1: like, that's not ordinal. But go ahead. Well, what is that? Ordinal is like. Um, oh no, I don't. I don't want to get
2: smarter, Matt. I'm just trying to figure
1: <laughs> out what like 18th <laughs> means. Well, I don't know. Then I just knew you were wrong.
2: <laughs> According to uh-huh. the free dictionary, you buy it, thefreedictionary.com. You want to find something? Yeah, sure. Else.
1: Sure, no, that's fine.
2: Adjective, 18th. Coming next after the 17th in position. Then it says ordinal. Being or denoting a number order in a series. Ordinal numbers. All right. Held an ordinal rank of seventh.
1: All right, I agree. I
2: concede. So now what's the score?
1: (laughs) Are you not keeping track of that either? No,
2: no. (laughs) I think I'm winning 18th to 16th.
1: (laughs) Sounds right, sounds right. (laughs) I have more ordinals, I know. At
2: 3420, another chance for you to score points. H's? Or C H.
0: New York fans were really, really hurt. Oh.
2: <laughs> that's a C, right? So that's two C's so far in this episode. Correct. You know what you're supposed to do with the math, Matt? What's God, that? This has been a number heavy. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know what's going on. Maybe that just means I'm out of material. All right, this is what you're supposed to do with math at 3617. I added up the math. Get a bunch of math, then you add it up, and then that's the answer.
1: How much math do you have?
2: Me? Like two or three barrels. <laughs> That's how I ordinarily count, Oh, right? Keep my mask. All right. Math,
1: well, story. that's all for we That's all we got for this week.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and if you think that was funny, nothing else will add up to that joke. At 3744, I believe this is a triple Y into a snort. So why? <laughs> it's almost like he gets to the CH after the triple H, then goes straight to the snort. <laughs> he is really going all out in terms of this strange petty foibles <laughs> we like to mock. Like this one at 3957. A Joe Bluth nominee. They're
0: they, they they're serious. They're going to take the beat. 40 minutes and
2: 14 seconds. Subject, verb agreement.
0: Do you remember yeah. who was one and three in that draft? Shouldn't it be who were one and three?
2: That's <laughs> the and that really throws things, uh, throws a real cog in the relationship, as someone would say. <laughs> At 41.53, not sure thing belongs here. They really needed the Iverson thing. The collection of ideas. <laughs> that drafting Allen Iverson and having Allen Iverson play for the Philadelphia yeah, 76ers have.
1: represents? But he could have expressed that by saying they really needed Allen Iverson and then go on to explain the thought. Or to
2: have Allen Iverson pan out or to select yes. a player of Allen Iverson's stature. At forty four thirty eight, I was very disappointed in Bill's pronunciation of time machine.
0: It's a little bit of a time machine element. But if you just did time, time machined machine. him. It goes straight then into a Joe Bluth nominee. quite like. And then Bill questions the foundation of his own gimmick. Do we draft for who we thought the team should have taken at the time, or do we just take the best player and do it in that order? How is the redraftable
2: thing <laughs> going to work? He's not sure. Unclear. Let's now consider how going down works. Oh, Jesus, that sounds like a out-of-context <laughs> theater for Chris. Anyway, 4453. Players going
0: down, descending order.
2: Descending order typically means going down <laughs> otherwise it would not be descending order it would yeah. be some other sort of order at forty-five thirty-two, this joe bluth nominee
0: you know i i didn't even really full there's no way he would have gone first it would have been absurd it, it, it almost
2: seemed like just an innocent stutter uh, but then he decided to change horses midstream a word or two later and i decided to include it five seconds after that this etc
0: impossible
2: etc but only one etc it doesn't really mean <laughs> it. at 50 minutes and 18 seconds unnecessary article
0: i'm saying like the 98 through 02 there's a lot of if he had said seasons or drafts or some other word
2: that the phrase the 98 through 02 modifies then he would get away with it at 50 minutes and 47 seconds this is a t laughter <laughs> maybe
0: <laughs>
2: always sounds good slow down that <laughs> I think this is a multiple H at 53.38.
0: And sometimes it's eye-opening who
2: they... Matt, here we're talking at 56 minutes and 13 seconds about peaks, I think.
0: At his peak, which he had a couple really nice ones on Milwaukee.
1: He had a couple of nice peaks. Can't you really only have one peak? That's kind of the way peaks work
0: (laughs) at 108.08
2: this swallow. The Jermaine O'Neill thing, really in the running. Also a thing. (laughs) At 108.39. Trade assets and anthropomorphization. How about that word, huh? I like it. Getting ready for the SATs.
0: The trade asset of him was so much more valuable than if you actually watched (laughs) him in a game. You're like, uh. First of all,
2: the trade asset of him. He then goes on to say, you're like. Doesn't finish what it is you're like. You're like, uh. Matt, do you know who they're talking about? I
1: think it's Jermaine O'Neal. So
2: you're like, it's Jermaine (laughs) O'Neal. Right. At 117.23, this Joe
0: Bluth nominee, and then possibly a mispronounced word. Traded the trailblazers for Steve Blake and Travis Outlaw. Had a nice little uh, Blazers resurgence. How many S's you think were in that uh, resurgence? a Four or five?
1: (laughs) No, I think it was a Oh. Just one.
0: Blazers
2: resurgence. At 119.20, I don't know where he was going with this. Uh, I don't think Rusillo knew where he was going with this, but this is something Bill said.
0: I'm going to lightly fry it in some sesame oil and give you some dipping sauce with it, and you can just... Eat it, because you're going to enjoy it so much. (laughs) It it doesn't really matter what they're talking about, (laughs) man. The
1: best one is that he's just like, all these descriptors, I'm going to lightly fry in some sesame oil, I'm going to give you some dipping sauce, and then you can eat it.
2: Eat it. Yeah. (laughs) Anytime Bill goes to the food well, you know it's going to be some high-quality content. Also, would you actually fry something in sesame oil? Sesame oil. You might put a little sesame oil in there, but would you eat Something that was only fried in sesame oil? And I don't also, think wouldn't that would. cost like 15 bucks just
1: for that oil? <laughs> yes.
2: 125.21, this Joe Booth nominee. I it, I just hated going against him. Matt, tell me if this is wrong. At
0: 129.53, more food talk. I'm going to lightly fry another great point and give you a little more dipping sauce with this one.
1: He just lightly fries them. And the then you can sauce. eat it.
0: The dipping <laughs> sauce
2: point is, is apparently important to the analogy because he goes back there <laughs> twice. At 132.46, Bill's mastery of the English language is almost complete as he talks about moving someone forward in time. If you put him now. (laughs) Maybe other people are like, no, no, I know what he meant. If he said, if you put him now, I was like, yeah, that's what I would say. If you put him, give me a break.
1: (laughs) Give me a break. You people who I'm imagining.
2: (laughs) Imaginary straw person. At 133.08, this laughter. (laughs) It's a tea laugh. Always better slow down.
0: (laughs) Who was worse off by those trades at 133.37? One of those, everyone was worse off by the trades.
1: (laughs) By the trade.
2: This was something that I also listened to a bunch of times at 137.16.
0: Nobody knows wherever is. I
2: think if you actually write it out as a sentence, it is syntactically and grammatically correct. But just listening to it sets my teeth on edge.
1: I heard it is just wherever is. Wherever is. I don't know. I think it's wherever is. Yeah. <laughs> That's so very that is existential. <laughs>
2: uh. Sounds like it was the fifth book in the Madeline Liangle. Uh, <laughs> wherever
1: uh, is. <laughs> yes.
2: At 148.43, this snort. Uh too shy. Matt, do you know where emergency rooms typically can be found? At a hospital. How about intensive care units or ICUs?
1: (laughs) Also hospital.
2: Listen to this list at 150-20. At ERs, at
0: hospitals, ICU, all that stuff.
2: Maybe it's a freestanding emergency room. Maybe it's your run-of-the-mill corner intensive care unit. Or maybe it's in a hospital. Any of those three things. (laughs) At 154-24. You end up keep drifting back to like, Am I having a stroke here? It seems like he comes so close to saying real sentences, but then he says, you end up keep drifting back. You end up keep drifting back. Maybe if you moved it around and, and you say, you keep end up drifting back. I'm still not sure, but I'm, <laughs> I'm just worried work. that it's like saying peschetti over and over again, and then you just can't figure out how spaghetti works. At 156.48, this out of context theater.
0: This feels like the biggest thing.
2: What you got to do is relax, <laughs> Bill. At 156.51, bad talk the most life-changing thing i'd like to find out if he was able to change his life at 2 hours and 6 seconds bill
0: gets bogged down by aspects from a security aspect it changed every aspect of our country and it changed every aspect of the security <laughs> aspect of yes. the country at 20511 we're in a territory now that we've certainly never even i would say come close to broaching ever since i've been alive
1: where <laughs> You've never come close to broaching it ever since he's been alive. (laughs)
2: It it sounded like when uh, David Wallace asked Michael Scott, how do you do it? And then Michael Scott was like, what you never, ever want to do under any (laughs) circumstance ever. He doesn't know how this sentence ends. (laughs) At 209.42. Coronavirus trade value chart. That's not how you say virus. At 210.22, Ryan, do not surprise Bill with Wi-Fi. Oh, Wi-Fi.
0: Wi-Fi is is a good one. (laughs)
2: At 216.55, more background breathing. Yes, I think those college coaches in small college towns. At 217.58, more laughter. (laughs) Okay, let's move on. Matt, you're a bit of a gambler. You you understand how gambling works, at least compared yeah. to me. Do you ever look up a single odd at a time?
1: Just one odd? Right. I'm not sure how that would work.
2: Maybe Uncle Bill knows a thing or two about a thing or two here at 217.24. You defied every single odd that ever said there's no way you can go back. There were a bunch of odds. Each one of them uh, said that he could never come back. And of all those odds, which apparently were the same in terms of content, you right. defied them all. So I looked it up. Odds is defined as the probability that one thing is so or will happen rather than another. Odds, in this case, must be used with the S. To do so otherwise would simply be weird.
1: Uh, there it is. <laughs> you, did you
2: think I was going to say odd? Yeah. Yeah. At 223, more background breathing? I can't wait to dig into it. I, lo- I love kind of the new
1: Anakin Skywalker. <laughs>
2: 228, 52. This is not the use of crossing the
0: beams that we allow. It's clearly crossing the beams with him. The character he's playing and what he's like in real life, there's a lot of baggage he brings to it. First, I looked up crossing the
2: beams to find out Mm -hmm. if perhaps I'm missing something. Crossing the beams does not appear in Ghostbusters. It's crossing (laughs) the streams. Ah. He's talking about Ben Affleck crossing the beams because he's playing a character in The Way Back who has alcoholism. And Ben Affleck has himself dealt with addiction issues. Right. So the two beams are apparently, one, you're an addict, and two, you're playing an addict, and they cross over when you, what? (laughs) And also, if he crosses the beams, is there a chance that life as we know it will suddenly and explosively come to an end? We'll be back after this. Try to imagine all life as you know it stopping instantaneously and every molecule in your body
1: exploding at the speed of light. Total protonic reversal. Right. That's bad.
2: Matt, we use Anchor.fm for the Bill Simmons Podcast podcast. Anchor.fm allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And it's free. Anchor will not only let you record and edit, you can also distribute your podcast to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more through Anchor. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, which is handy for the Bill Simmons Podcast podcast. Anchor.fm has everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor.fm to get started.
1: I don't know. I think it's more like. Sorry about that. Okay, I think it's, it's a a more bunch like. Of Legos? Uh, I just dropped my of dip? I <laughs> dropped my phone. Uh...
2: Matt, the second podcast of a week and a half or so ago, uh, started out at eleven seconds in with this, where I think a letter
0: is missing. Unlike anything our country has ever experienced,
2: has our country ever experienced things?
1: <laughs> our country experience.
0: <laughs>
2: Pearl Jam at three minutes and two seconds, eight forty-one. Could you please be more specific?
0: How that evolved for a bunch of different ways. See, did it evolve? for a bunch of different ways?
1: (laughs) The evolution was caused. I don't know.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Bill Simmons' hate
2: for Joe Buck evolved for a bunch of different ways. Right. Meaning there are all these other ways and and Bill Simmons' hate (laughs) turns into something else so that those ways can benefit. Yes. Yep. At 1528, if you're going to self-aggrandize, compare yourself thusly.
0: It's almost like race car driving or something. When When you're younger and you're a writer... Your fingers start moving. You just kind of go with whatever happens.
2: What he's saying is race car drivers have almost superhuman reflexes. And also, being a writer when you're younger, something about superhuman <laughs> ability to type?
1: Uh,
2: yeah. <laughs> or you have great typing reflexes?
1: Possibly has something to do with pleasuring a woman.
2: Oh, wow. <laughs> I was almost going to make a helmet joke there, but I'm not sure <laughs> if I'd be able to uh, pull it off. But really, uh, writing is not like being a race car driver. <laughs> Matt, they then segue into a conversation about how it makes the most sense to have two people calling a game, but three people in a booth. Bill is vehemently against having more than two people calling a game. And then at thirty-one forty-one, he says this.
0: It's almost like if you go to dinner and there's three people, it's always going to be the best dinner.
2: Which makes me wonder, <laughs> if three people makes for the best dinner, why does three people not make for the best booth for calling a game?
1: The best part of this is Joe Buck who is a sports commentator and spends most of his time in said booth, explains why it's bad. And it has to do with like, because the one guy basically just stopped paying attention while the other two guys are talking and he'll like talk to the studio to get his clips ready and all that kind of stuff. Rather than just say, oh, okay, so that's why it seems bad. Instead, Bill gives us this dinner analogy, which <laughs> proves the opposite of his point. <laughs> well, by this
2: time, he might have moved on to like the studio shows as opposed to being in the booth. It definitely is contrary to you need two people to call a game, but three people only in a booth because three yeah. people are the best conversations. <laughs> when I guess you don't want a good conversation during a game. Okay, listening audience, get out your stopwatches. I assume you have pretended to get them out. At thirty-two, thirty-four. listen to Joe Buck make a joke about Brady going to the Bucks. And count how long it takes before Bill realizes it's a joke and starts to laugh. You ready, Matt?
0: Ready. New England against whatever. Tampa Bay. I'll I'll rub it in. Or right on down the line. And it was like, okay,
1: so for the first game. I counted three Mississippis.
2: Just kind of pathetic. Right? Also, I mean, how many of those seconds are are can you blame on Zoom?
1: Also, Joe Buck had to explain the joke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: New England against whatever. Tampa Bay. I'll I'll rub it in. Right on down the line, and it was like, okay, so for the first game at thirty-four
2: twenty-four, this Joe Booth nominee,
0: they'd be like, well, what just happened there? We, I, I, you know, you let those guys go, and
2: <laughs> at fifty-two oh four, what does the NFL push the envelope with?
0: You know, the NFL will be the one that just pushes the envelope with all this stuff. <laughs> At
2: 5424, Joe Buck tries to explain that the reason he's doing a podcast is to get his personality out there.
0: I want to get more of my personality out there. I don't know
2: to what end, why people need more Joe Buck personality when they're listening to him call a World Series game or an NFL playoff game. I think the real reason he's doing a podcast is to make money. Sadly, it does involve his personality. Again, he's not a bad person. I don't dislike him. He's fine. He's just not a cool man. <laughs> Matt, this is like my second favorite Bill Simmonsism of uh, of the week at fifty five oh eight.
0: What made you want to co host the podcast with a living lunatic?
2: <laughs> well, I'll tell you, Bill. I felt like if we had a deceased lunatic, it would just be a little uncomfortable, especially with the person who was having to mic him up. And after a while, the whole situation could get kind of gross. So we went with a living lunatic.
1: Tried it with a dead one, and the smell was a little bit hard to get past.
2: We decided that a living lunatic was the only alternative.
1: There was a lot of red tape.
2: Because <laughs> they were afraid that the lunatic would turn into a zombie and they had to tape him down?
1: No, it was because, like, the government wouldn't let you, I don't know. Oh,
2: yeah, the bureaucracy with the yeah. abusing a corpse at 5719. Matt, it turns out that fathers and sons will always be that way. I will forever think of
0: myself as my dad's son. and I don't
2: think you can think of yourself as anything but your dad's son, uh, unless there's some weird DNA issue or possibly some kind of cloning thing. He's saying who I am as a person must always be viewed through the light of my much more famous father. He was my predecessor in so many different ways, but uh, the way he phrased it just sounds like a tautology. I don't dig it. <laughs> Fifty-eight, fourteen.
0: Here is Bill's deep
2: understanding
0: of urban life. Your whole section of the country, you're all loyal to each other first. It's like oh. you guys are like the Crips.
2: All those Missouri people are like the Crips. <laughs> the Crips, <laughs> a no- notorious street gang which protects its <laughs> turf. He's lumping somehow Joe Buck, St. Louis, with Paul Rudd, basically Kansas. Although a Kansas City fan, but really he's a Kansas person. I mean, he's a fan of the Kansas Jayhawks, like right. Jason Sudeikis. The hated awful Kansas Jayhawks, how that somehow makes him a Missouri crip is beyond me and is <laughs> patently offensive, not just to uh, legitimate gang members, but also to all- Missourians. Yeah, in good standing. Even if he was from Kansas City, Missouri, and was a fan of the Kansas City Royals, which is fine. I have friends who are Kansas City Royals fans. The mere fact that he's from Missouri doesn't mean that he's like cool with the Cardinals fans. It's anti-Midwest bias, Matt. It's just sad. Matt, what we're trying to do at 59-44 is find out where the wheelhouse is. So he's
1: right it's, in that wheelhouse. With he's right in, in the wheelhouse. And- <laughs> That's not how wheelhouses work. <laughs> a thing would be in your wheelhouse. You wouldn't be in the wheelhouse.
2: <laughs> Here's the first Microsoft search. I, I searched this on Bing. Give us that money, Google, or we're going to keep using <laughs> Bing. Wheelhouse now and a part of a boat or ship serving as a shelter for the person at the wheel or in baseball, the part of a batter's strike zone most likely to produce a home run, or a place or situation in which one is advantageously at ease. None of that makes sense here. But <laughs> so he's
0: right in that
1: wheelhouse. With he's the, right in batters. the wheelhouse, and he's, he's in the wheelhouse. <laughs> yeah,
2: so they're talking about Paul Rudd's kid, who's 15 years old, and who is a right. big fan of the Kansas City Chiefs, who of course just won the Super Bowl, and congratulations to them, and Andy Reid, and my buddy Jeremy. But somehow the 15-year-old, He's in a place or situation in which he is advantageously (laughs) at ease with the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl? (laughs) Because I know it doesn't have anything to do with baseball and is damn sure not part of a ship serving as a shelter. (laughs) And then Joe Buck is like, yeah, I'm in for it. (laughs) The most offensive part of the podcast of last week, or a week and a half ago, was this, at one hour, 12 seconds.
1: Rudd grew up a Steeler fan.
2: Bill appropriately, less than a minute later, says this.
0: If you had told me, like... You know, Rudd's Rudd's on his second wife or whatever. I'd be like, oh, all right. When you tell me somebody's on their second football team, (laughs) like, oh, my God. I have to agree, Matt.
2: First of all, if you live somewhere where the team is, uh, where there's a team, like, for instance, we live in a Philadelphia fandom area, you can't just switch to the Eagles if you had not previously been an Eagle fan, it's offensive right. morally, ethically, and, and as a sports fan. What's more than that is, how did he grow up a Steelers fan if he's grown up in Kansas?
1: Well, my guess is, was it the 70s and were the Steelers really good?
2: Yeah, this, they were, but the, like... Yeah, the, so that's
1: what I mean. It was probably just like bandwagon. Yeah,
2: I mean, of course it is, which is what's yeah. much more offensive that now he's a Kansas City Chiefs fan because he's just yeah. jumping from bandwagon to bandwagon. Yes. But it was not that long prior to the Steelers being a dynasty in the mid-70s, that the Chiefs had gone to a Super Bowl and, in fact, yep. won, I think, a Super yep. Bowl, right? Didn't they win Super Bowl four? Yep. Which is like four or five years before the Steelers won a Super Bowl? No excuse whatsoever.
1: None. offensive We'll be back right after this.
2: Voting isn't just going to the polls on election day anymore. Options like early voting, mail-in voting, and ballot drop boxes are available to more voters and are growing in popularity. How to Vote a tool created by Democracy Works, breaks down the options your state offers for casting a ballot, empowering you to decide when and where to vote. Decide when and where you'll vote this year at (music) howto.vote. Matt, as always, we want to thank the people that support us monetarily, not the people that support us emotionally, uh, because honestly, emotional support doesn't pay the bills the way Josh N., Jeff G., Scott B., Sean, and our friends at College Football Brothers Podcast support us with money. They do it through Patreon, patreon.com bspodpod, You can also support us as David P. and Scott B. do through Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash bspodpod. David, as we always say, you're giving us too much money. Also, I think Scott B. is possibly giving us money through Anchor and Patreon. Scott, it's not worth it. Thank you very much to our producers.
1: I saw an article today about some guy who accidentally ejected himself from an airplane.
2: Like a passenger plane or like a fighter it, I think,
1: I assume it was like a two-seater. No, he was like a 65-year-old man. I don't know if he was a passenger or the pilot, but I guess he hit the wrong button and at like 3,000 feet ejected himself. Didn't wow. read far enough to see if he survived. Doubt
2: it. It seems like that would be the one <laughs> button in the plane where you'd be <laughs> very careful not to accidentally brush. Yeah. Let's get a little warm in here. you want to hit the AC? <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. Not so fast. <laughs> The big red button under the glass case is not the AC. (laughs) The second part of the second podcast of maybe, we'll say, 10 days ago featured Alan Yang at 102.20. I just like this turn of phrase in the uh,
0: the ad that preceded Mr. Yang. The go-to guys for home security and masters of protection. When did they become masters of protection?
1: (laughs) And also, doesn't that sound weird? Protection was out there screwing shit up, and they were like, we will control it. We will be its master. The masters of protection.
2: That location seems happy at 103.23. You seem in a happy location. (laughs) You seem to be in a happy location? No, you seem in a happy location. Does that qualify for caveman talk?
1: (laughs) I think it's more like just a up, because it's like a location can't be happy. 105.58,
2: Matt, once again, C or H's? Hundreds of- Ooh.
1: Oh, I think that was H's.
2: I think so, too. So what are we now? Two C?
1: Two to one, yeah.
0: (laughs) At 106.16, do nightmares have finish lines? Whatever nightmare we're in now, where it's like, all right, there's a finish line. Remember that time you raced a
2: nightmare? You always come in last in a nightmare. Also, probably have to run in slow motion. And sometimes I feel like I can never get good purchase. And I always have to use my hands when I Good run what? dreams. And, oh, purchase. <laughs> yeah, purchase, on the, like on the ground. And I'm always, like, leaning more oh and more forward. And I end up having to, like, run like an animal. <laughs> I was going to say,
1: do you, have, do you have weird dreams where you run like an animal? What maybe, movie is
2: that? Maybe they're not really dreams.
1: What movie is that where the maybe guy I'm runs in, like
2: an animal? <laughs> where what? The movie where a guy runs like an animal? Like all the werewolf He runs on movies? all
1: fours. No, but there's a... Oh, what is it? I can't remember. Oh, it's uh, that M. Night Shyamalan one, the sequel to Oh, yes. Yeah. Split. Split. Yeah, that guy runs like an animal. The Beast.
2: Tried to uh, pirate Split once off the internet, and the movie kept showing up was about bowling. <laughs> 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 At 108.42, binge dives. Yeah, it's weird. You just go on these dives. He's talking about binging shows. But they're not dives. I mean, I can understand if you're going to say a deep dive on YouTube or Wikipedia, that makes sense to me. Unless you're like, oh, I'm going to watch Happy Days, and then I'm going to watch Joni Loves Chachi, and then I'm going to watch um, Mork and Mindy, which is like a deep dive several layers below
0: Happy Days. (laughs) At 111.18. Think about how they're consumed. So many of them listening on commutes or when they're working out. The antecedent to them is podcasts. At 111.35, on the fly. Bin shows all that stuff has to be on the fly, and they, what he's talking about is on the rise. Right? He says on the fly, which is like
2: fly. to do it as it happens half-ass. or to improvise.
0: Yeah. Oh, half ass? I don't know about that. You think so? I guess not. At one eleven forty nine, more bad talk. Those kind of shows seem like they're the at the best advantage. What kind
2: of advantage do you want? What are my choices? Well, we have this mediocre advantage. Mm, well. <laughs> I don't know if I'm really that interested. We have this one over here. We don't show everybody, but it's the best advantage. I'll take that one, please. <laughs> <laughs> at 112.54, this Joe
0: Bluth nominee. Well, maybe they couldn't. I mean, honestly, the- at 117.34, this is one of the worst analogies I've heard. Anytime I compliment them, they're suspicious. It's like I'm. <laughs> Handing them a package of a po- poison sandwich. I'm like, here, I made you this sandwich. And they're just looking at it, wondering what's wrong with it. It's oh, a as one does. Of poison
2: sandwich. <laughs> oh, it's that old cliche, the poison sandwich <laughs> gag.
1: Yeah, but it I was like a how pe- Bill's it, friends are a- like,
2: Oh, here comes Bill. I wonder what kind of sandwich it is. <laughs> oh, no. It's one of his poison sandwiches.
1: But God. here's how you know, Chris. It's, you know it's the poison sandwich because it's not just one sandwich. It's a package of sandwiches.
2: <laughs> <laughs> how many sandwiches are in there? I don't know. Four or five. <laughs> Bill.
1: Do these Love have a in them?
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> At 125.05, a Joe Bluth nominee, and then cannon joke. It's, that's, that's not like a laugh track, you know, jokes getting shot out of a cannon.
2: What would the right situation be where you're like, now that is a show where jokes (laughs) are getting shot out of a cannon. Cannons take a long (laughs) time to load and fire. (laughs) So I guess the idea is an audience watching a jokes get shot out of a cannon show, sit there (laughs) in suspense as they watch whatever the analogy is to a couple guys putting Mm -hmm. a, you know, uh, gunpowder into a long metal tube. And then they pack it in, uh, with like this weird, enormous Q tip. And then they, they stick a huge metal ball into it. Uh, and then one of the guys runs around behind and lights a wick. And then an enormous joke comes out and it does huge damage.
1: Is, uh, the problem is if it's not funny, it's like, Oh well, shit, we got to load another one.
2: You mean if the joke backfires?
1: <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. Good. <laughs>
2: At 131.23, this is Joe Blues nominee. You know, when sh- stuff like this happens. At 133.45, this is not how you say a person who fights crime in his spare time. We need vigilante movies. It's not vigilante. <laughs> it's vigilante. So it's in Italian. Yeah. Although, Matt, <laughs> would you like to hear our robot judges? Let's
1: do it. Vigilante.
2: Vigilante. Vigilante. Just to be sure that this was not a slip of the tongue or just a, a normal sort of like verbal typo at 134.07. More vigilante,
0: and I always really like those vigilante movies. It's vigilante, <laughs> and what I
2: did was I looked it up even on the Cambridge Dictionary where they have the UK pronunciation, and right. it sounds Still. like this
0: vigilante, vigilante
2: at 138.54. This swallow, I'm sure that helped. Mike, did you know what celebrities watch, Matt? No, at 142.07, we find out they watch TV,
0: you know, it's like they just watch things, like we they, we've they had watch everything. <laughs>
2: celebrities bill is like listen i feel like yang is making too good of a point here i'm gonna quadruple down on the joke at 15015, 15
0: bill figures out what is inside alan yang I think you have an unassailable rom-com presence in you.
1: There's this demon, and (laughs) it's a rom-com demon, and there is nothing you can do to stop it. It's just unassailable, and it lives in Alan Yang.
0: That's the only thing
2: that it could could legitimately be at 151.23.
0: It's funny how just trying to get to that 8 to 10 words can be like the hardest leap with all this stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Just get
2: to 8 to 10 words, baby. Just get to 8 to 10 <laughs> words. It's like me working out. You're basically a quarter of the way done now. 30% done now. <laughs>
1: just, get great, just, just get to 8 to 10. Just get to 8 to 10. with all the stuff. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Matt, earlier I told you my second favorite thing of the week. This is my oh, yeah, favorite thing of the week. Oh, yeah, I meant to ask. Yeah, this is it. At 152.18. Trap yourself in a bear cave. <laughs> Listen, there's no way he's going to be able to do this unless he's trapped. Where would he be trapped? Well, just a regular cave? No, 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 it's not that easy, not that easy, it would have to be a special kind of cave, a bear cave, the most notorious, dangerous, grizzled caves on earth, bear cave, now on Discovery Animal. Discovery
1: Animal.
2: (laughs) It's the Bill Simmons Podcast podcast. Oh, I'm Chris.
1: And I'm Matt. Masters of Protection. (laughs) Sounds like it's a weird rubber
2: commercial. (laughs) <laughs> Joe Buck seems like a kid I went to uh, high school with. The kid's dad was really rich, but the kid kind of didn't understand that he could be cool by buying rich guy stuff. <laughs> and then at some point did, and suddenly started showing up with polo shirts and gold <laughs> chains, but kind of never wore them right. Remember, he was very fastidious about tucking his polo rugby shirts into his acid wash jeans. And I was always like, man, I, I really feel like you should be able to pull this off better, but you just don't seem like you know what you're doing. <laughs> That's kind of the way I feel about Joe Buck. But he just doesn't seem cool. Not that he's a bad guy. just He's just not a cool guy. And he wants to be cool.
1: Was it the hair plug story that made
2: you- <laughs> <laughs> He does seem honest, but I just don't buy that he's cool.
1: Yeah. I felt like he played that off as like, yeah, I mean, I've already said this in my book, but didn't he have to tell people that? It would have got out.
2: Dude, I think it got out when you looked at his f***ing head. <laughs> On a scale of zero to Fonzie, (laughs) I would say he's a three.